Welcome to Fan the Flame, the podcast with Pastor Scott Owens and Aaron Owens. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fan the Flame podcast. Welcome to episode number two. We hope you enjoyed the first episode, episode number one, um, where we talked about how important church is. Um, I am Aaron Owens. Hello, I'm Scott Owens. Man, wasn't Sunday just awesome, Aaron? Yeah, Sunday was amazing. Dad preached an amazing message. And if you did not have a chance to be here or listen to that, it is on our Facebook page uh, at Northside Church. Uh, Texas, which is at Northside Church TX. You can find us on Facebook, and there's a link in our timeline where you can go back and watch that message, which I strongly encourage oh, you yeah. to do. Um, tremendous message, and God really moved. Well, we had one get saved. Uh, yeah, we did. You know, during the altar call, we had a lot of people coming to the altar praying, and and uh, you know, after church, uh, I want to put a plug in real real quick for our discipleship training class. We're seeing the fruit of this class just blossom in our church and one of those individuals who are attending uh, the discipleship training class actually led somebody to the Lord and so man that is the way to build your church by multiplying and uh, it was just a beautiful beautiful day the Lord just moved in a mighty way in first Peter and so yeah it was a phenomenal phenomenal uh, it was one of those sermons I was a little nervous about but man it was phenomenal yeah I mean it was a very bold message but it was very gospel-oriented and just straightforward. I mean, you can't go wrong just simply talking about the blood of Jesus and what the sacrifice He made and, and the fact that God would send His only Son. I mean, that's the that's the message that we're called to preach. And so, um, yeah, to get a response like that afterwards and to have one of our discipleship training, our Next Step students, yes. lead someone to the Lord is phenomenal. But today... As you saw in the uh, in the title, um, how important is praying? It's 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 what's the big deal with prayer? Um, that's a very you know real subject. That's a very real topic. When you talk about praying um, with people, it becomes a very sort of a nervous topic because people are very self conscious about their prayer life, and they get kind of intimidated with other people when they hear other people talk about how often they pray and what their prayers sound like, or even when you hear someone else praying at, at like an event or at a meal, or whatever it is, hearing else, hearing someone else pray can be an intimidating thing. It makes you kind of self-aware of, of your own prayer life and how you pray. So we're going to start this off with the simple question of, of what is what is prayer? You know, prayer is one of those things in a, in a believer's life that seems to be the most neglected aspect. And I think it stems from people just not knowing what prayer is, what, you know, how long do I pray? You know, what do I pray? Uh, and so, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on Bible. We put a lot of emphasis on devotion. We put a lot of emphasis on church. Uh, but we seem to not put a lot of emphasis on prayer. And prayer is one of those, man, uh, it's almost like a, your IV to heaven. I mean, it's like giving you what you need, uh, you know, communicating to God. You know, Jesus didn't leave us without an example of how to pray. It's a very simple. Uh, a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer. That's actually not uh, what it is. It's a, it's a a model prayer that Jesus has given to us, and it's simple. And I'm going to read it in very simple terms. Uh, 
Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. And let me go ahead and say this real quick, Aaron. You know, that prayer is not meant to be recited in church over and over and over again as a substitute for prayer that's coming from your heart. It is a model prayer. So let me go ahead and just emphasize that to everybody that's listening. This is a model prayer. This is what you model your prayer life after from your heart. And so, you know, Jesus said, hey, the best way to start out praying is kind of solidifying your relationship. Our Father who art in heaven. And then bring in some praise. Hallowed be thy name. Give some thanks. If you say, you know, how do I start my prayer life? Just start by thanking God for, you know, your family, your children, your husband. Thank God for your health and and, and such. And then, boy, the prayer jumps into the main thrust of why we live. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. And we want God's will. We want God's will for our life. We want God's will for our family. We want God's will for our church. And so that's what he tells us to do it. We want our wills to line up with heaven's will. And then he tells us to give us this day our daily bread. You know, when I was in Bible college, and it's very interesting, this past weekend, me and your mom went to uh, Odessa. And I was playing around on my phone looking up old, old ministers, and I found... One of my Bible college uh, professors, Dr. Kenneth Ridings, which I cherish the time I got to sit under him. And he told us, he said, a lot of times there is a deficit in our life for God because we don't ask for bread that has been allotted to us for that day. And he said, pray for the day, that daily bread. And then he brings in the, the topic of forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so that's a very uh, important aspect. And then this is one that I have uh, prayed a lot. Lead us not into temptation. Now, let me say this. God does not lead us into temptation. He does not lead us to be tempted by sin. But what we pray is God safeguard our life to resist the temptation. And then, you know, he tells us here, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is the model prayer. I solidify my relationship, our Father, and then I bring in praise and I bring in thanksgiving, and then I pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray for that daily allotment of bread that God has given to me for this day. Lord, order my steps throughout the day. I ask God to forgive me, and then I pray for God to safeguard my life because, you know, that one statement, lead us not into temptation, kind of encompasses everything we've already talked about it will listen if i fall into temptation i won't be able to praise him if i fall into temptation i'm not interested in the will of god if i fall into temptation i could care less whether i get from god today what i need for today and and so it all kind of and listen if i fall into temptation and in evil uh forgiveness is the last thing on my mind i'll respond to situations uh differently so it's it's a simple model prayer mm-hmm Yeah, it's great. And that's something that you mentioned. It's not something to be regurgitated every Sunday morning or even every morning, that same prayer that Jesus prayed. And it's something, you know, I, you know, when growing up, you know, involved in athletics, every single game, no matter what sport it was, before the game, the entire team, we gather around in a circle and we recite the Lord's, we would recite the Lord's prayer. Nothing wrong with that. No. But it's never, it was never, Jesus never prayed that prayer for us to use it 
to like put us put it on repeat. It can't be a substitute for your heart. What's right. coming from your heart, and that's what it becomes. Oh, this is an easy way to pray because I don't know how to pray. I don't know what prayer is. I'll just recite what Jesus prayed. And if your heart's not in it, then it's not prayer. Right. And that was Jesus's prayer. That was him giving us an outline for what our prayers should look like. And so prayer can be spoken. It can be it can be in your thoughts. It can be in your mind. It can be uttered out in words. But it doesn't necessarily no. have to be you getting on, on your knees on the side of your bed, folding your hands. You could be driving down the road and just be thinking or singing. You could sing prayers. I believe that's what half of the book of Psalms is. It it's is. just David singing prayer and praise to God. And prayer is a form of praise and worship, is it not? It is. It is. You know, uh, I've actually sang to God when I was by myself in the sanctuary. I, a hymn would come to my my mind, and I would actually get a hymnal when we used hymnals, uh, uh, you know, uh, and sing to the Lord praises. Uh, uh, and it's like I said a couple of Sundays ago, prayer has a way, and praise and worship has a way of bringing us as believers home. And this is not our home, but home is heaven. And so when I when I when I'm praising God and when I'm worshiping God and when I'm and and, and I'm praying to God like we're, just like the Bible said of Abraham, I talk to a uh, as a friend to a friend. You know, I, I I get a sense of home. This is what heaven's going to be like. You know, and so yeah, it, it is. It's it, it's prayer. It's praise. It's worship. It's prayer. It's it's everything. It's a form of praise and worship. And so another question that I get asked a lot, um, and, I'm, and I know you get asked a lot, and maybe you listening, you have this question in your mind, and it's something that you've kind of always thought to yourself, or maybe you've heard other people ask this question, is how often do I pray? Is there a specific time in the day when I should pray? How often do, do I pray throughout my life, throughout the day? And uh, the, the simple answer to that is all the time, right? It's what the Bible said in First Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that get caught up at times and posture and uh, position and how to pray. Uh, you know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. And I think, you know, I heard uh, a minister say this. Uh, Levi Lusco said this. He said, man, praying without ceasing is just bringing God into every situation in every part of your day. And I thought, man, that is a phenomenal way of looking at it. And so it's just being in that mindset that uh, that I'm in, in, I'm keeping that line of communication open. That's what praying without ceasing is. You know, uh, you, it's there for a while. I was getting caught up in lists. I was listening to preachers say, "Man, you need to have a long prayer list," and and all this stuff. And and my prayer life became about lists. It became about me getting through the list. And when I forgot something on the list, it was like, "Oh, I'm a terrible." Christian, I didn't pray the right way, and man, I junked those lists, and I just, you know, I've gone to bed before uh, praying with my mouth not even moving, you know, just praying in my mind for for my family, for the church, for a message that it was heavy on my heart, and driving down the road, you know, something coming to my mind, and I'm praying, and you know, there's an interesting part of 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse 19, it says, do not quench the spirit. I mean, you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to pray for somebody and you neglect to do that. You've just poured water on that fire that's burning in you to pray for somebody. And so, you know, how often do we pray? You pray always. You're in that constant 
state of communicating with God. And whether you're on your knees, whether you're standing up, whether you're laying in the bed, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in a hospital, posture, you know, there are times when you're on your knees. There are times, I mean, you can't close your eyes when you're driving down the road praying. God forbid uh, what the end result of that will be. Yeah, because you'll see Jesus really quickly. Exactly. And so you got to use some common sense here. You know, you got to... You got to use common sense. It's like I said last time we met together on the podcast. We make things too complicated. Yeah. Well, and in First Thessalonians chapter five as well, it says, um, "It says rejoice always." In verse sixteen, and then in verse eighteen, it says, "Give thanks in all circumstances." Exactly. And we're very good about only praying for when this things is fall the will apart. of God. That verse. Yeah. yeah. It also says, "For this is the will of God." So we're very good about praying when things fall apart. Oh God. That's like that's that's the that seems to be the one time in our life where we start throwing up prayers like like left and right like we start juggling prayers like a circus clown break when, glass in case of an emergency yeah exactly it's almost like a fire extinguisher if you will or a water hose and and the bible's very clear paul's very very clear that things are great you still pray when things are terrible you still pray uh, which you know there's a there's a time there's a time where you don't know what to say when you to pray you don't know what to say things are so bad and you want you know you need to pray. You want to talk to God, but there it just seems like there aren't any words to say. It's like your body and your mind and your heart can't come up with a phrase or a sentence, or it feels like you can't even approach God. You're in such a bad place, and I know that you have been in that place before. I recently. have, yeah. Uh, if you wanted to share that, that would be perfect. Yeah, back when you had your heart attack, uh, which has been life uh, transforming for our family. Uh, you uh, were in CCU, and uh, of course, you know, you wanted your wife back there, and uh, you wanted your mom back there, and uh, which in any, in no way whatsoever did it bother me, because, you know, we had our time together, and I, I sat one night in uh, the waiting room there, it was a small waiting room, about the size of this office, and uh, a church member had come to visit, and he sat across from me. And he asked me the question. He said, hey, how's dad doing in, in all this? And, you know, man, I wasn't in a good place. Uh, somebody asked me what, if I was mad, if I was mad at God, if I was disgusted. And, and I had no reason to be because you, your brother, your sister are a gift from God to me and your mom. And, and I told this guy straight up, I said, man, I cannot pray. I don't know what to say. And, you know, at that moment, when I spoke those words out of my mouth, there was another voice that came into my heart. And, and, and this is what I heard in my, in, my, in my spirit. Be still and know that I'm God. Psalms 46.10. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, it's okay that you don't know how to pray. You know, the other day when I was sitting here uh, in my office and I was praying and you were at the doctor and I was just starting to pray, God, we need good numbers. We need good report. Right in the middle of me praying, you called me. And after we hung up, it's like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what? Sometimes I need you just to listen. Sometimes I need you just to listen and not do so much talking. And so, uh, you know, that's one of those things, you know, when I don't know what to pray, when I don't know what to say, I find myself a lot of times just praising him. 
I've got so much to be thankful for. You've got so much. So when I don't know what to say, you know, it's like, okay, just start thanking God for things. And boy, when you start thanking God for things, you'll find stuff to pray about. Well, and would you say that when there's the when the time comes when you don't know what to pray, that listening is a form of prayer? It is listening. Just opening God's word and just take the time to listen or sit in some in a, in a silent room and just stop and unplug for a bit close your eyes and just listen and try to hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. Because that, I believe with all my heart that that is a very, um, very powerful form of prayer. Is 90% listening. of communicating is listening. 10% is speaking. If we ever would get that down when it comes to prayer, because most of the time when we pray, it's 90% of us talking, 10% of God wanting to say something to us. We need to switch that, man, and be 90% listening to what God has to say, 10% about me praying. Right. And like you said, prayer is communication is. between you and God. That's what it, it is. is. And so if communication is 90% listening and 10% speaking, then obviously the majority of what our prayer life should consist of is is silence. Exactly. And it's going to consist of silence yeah. and just not opening our mouth, uh, not saying anything at all, and just listening, which um, in... I believe it's in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus was speaking uh, to the people and he says, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles. Like, Don't just throw up empty words. Don't just say whatever you think sounds good. Don't just come up with beautiful phrasing. Don't just say whatever comes to mind that you think sounds churchy or that you think sounds godly or that you say it sounds Christianese, if you will. Um because Jesus told them, he said, when they do that, they think that they will be heard for their many words. But in all reality, they're not. No, because here's what we need to understand. A lot of people, when they pray, this is what it sounds like. Father God, Father, Father, Father God, mm. I, I, Father God, I just want to Father, Father. And, and, and you know, re- repeating that over and over and over again is, are, is, is vain repetition. You're almost taking the Lord's name in vain when you do that. And, you know, when you talk to God, you should be talking to God like you and I are talking. I don't say Aaron. Hey, Aaron, you know, Aaron, I want to say Aaron. that hey. No, we talk normal. We communicate with, you know, this, this, this easy flow. And when you talk to God, this is what the model prayer, our father, nowhere else in that prayer. Do you ever hear him say it again? It's that it's not there. True. And so vain repetition, heaping up phrases. You know, I said something the other day to our men and I said, you know, why do we pray and feel like we need to fill it with all these words to twist the arm of God? You can't impress God with what you say. He already knows your heart. And so when you, I've talked to God before walking around in the yard, having a bad day or struggling with, you know, with something that's making me anxious. And I just look up in the sky and say, God, you know, this really stinks that I don't have an answer. I need an answer from you, you know. And so some people might think, oh, that's disrespectful. You know, I don't fill my prayers with these and thou's and, uh, you know, all these eloquent they don't titles have to be King for God. James Version no, prayer. No, all these eloquent titles of God. Man, he is my. Nowhere. Listen, th- this is about the best way to put it. When you and your brother and your sister were little, never can I remember a time when you would come up to me and say all these wonderful titles for me just to get my attention. No, all you had to say was, hey, dad. And that was all you, 
I mean, I was zeroed in on what you guys needed. And so we've been given the spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That means that is a very intimate pet word. It means daddy. And so I don't need to twist my father's arm to answer my prayer. He's already, he's going to answer it according to his will, no matter how eloquent or how defined or refined or whatever you want to say it is, your prayer life is. Uh, now, you just said something that I think we need to mention is that when when God answers our prayers and when he doesn't answer our prayers, all of that depends on his will. Exactly. In the situation, exactly. which in 1 John, John said, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, he says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to what? His will, he will hear us. Yes, so our prayer life has to be in line with God's will. And you have to be full of the Holy Spirit because you don't know the will of God like the Spirit of God knows the will of God. You know, Ephesians 5, 18, be not drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. That's why Paul is always admonishing his readers, walk in the Spirit, exist in the Spirit. You've got to have the mind of God on certain things in your life. Nobody knows the mind of God like the Spirit of God. Yeah, and, and I think it's very common to pray with your Bible open, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not as common as it as it should be. Let's just say that. But it, it's encour- it should be encouraged to pray, pray with your Bible. Pray the Scripture. Pray the Scripture. Because where do we find and learn about God's will? Exactly. In the, in the Scripture. Yeah. So I don't think... I know that God doesn't find offense if we just simply open His Word no. and just pray, literally pray His words yeah, back I've to Him. I've prayed the Bible. Well, I've been reading my Bible and devotions. And, and literally pray a verse, uh, just what I've read, you know, especially since we've been going through First Peter, man, God has been eating my lunch personally through the book of First Peter. Now it's become one of my uh, top five favorite books since we've been studying it. And I have found myself praying, Father, you know, uh, help me to pursue holiness and reflect your character. That's right there in front of me in the scriptures. So yeah, you ought to pray the scriptures. He's got to, it's got to be in his will. Yeah. Your prayer request has to be in the will of God. You can't, you, you can't pray out. I feel like the only way to offend God with our prayer life is when we ask for things or we, we come to God in a way that's out of his off will. the wall stuff, off the wall yeah. stuff. When you're not in the will of God, which I hindering a, a great way to hinder your prayers to be heard from God is to come to God and in an, in an, an overconfident sort of, um, arrogant way. Oh yeah, there's this movement right now, this name it, claim it crowd that you know they demand of God in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, you don't demand anything from God. There, that's just that ain't even in the Bible, because uh, you do come with a sense of reverence and awe that you are speaking to God. What a privilege that is! You know, praise the Lord. You know? Well, what is it? Is there's there's a, there's a story in Scripture. I don't know where it's at. I know it's in the Gospels, but you had the the man that went to the temple and he stood in front of everyone, pounding on his, or he stood up there praying really arrogantly. Oh, it's a Pharisee in the, the public. Pharisee, yeah, yeah, pounding the, on his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Pharisee who walked up, the church guy who walked up and was probably screaming his head off, praying, trying to be heard by everyone around him, probably sounding really, his prayer probably sounded really pretty, I imagine. It probably sounded really powerful and, and good. But Jesus said that, hey, halfway down the road, there was a publican who 
wouldn't even get up off his knees. He was pounding his chest, and he was under such conviction, and he didn't even feel worthy to step exactly. into the presence of God. And that's the prayer that God that's heard. A, that's the prayer that God before heard. the Pharisee and this whole name it and claim it movement. Yeah, you know, there's the I, the one scripture in Mark that gets twisted out of proportion so much is Mark eleven twenty four, where it said, "Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." Yeah. That, that, that verse of scripture gets thrown out of context so much nowadays, it's not even funny. Oh. I go to churches all the time, and I get around people all the time who, you know, people will come up to someone and, and say, you know, um, you know, I just see God giving you a brand new car in 2020. Yeah. And something they say is, well, I received that. Or, you know, and it's like, God doesn't, God's not a flipping vending machine. No, he's not. And he they, doesn't work that people way. People go to, go to seed, and, and that's an old term, but they go to seed with that whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and... Listen, you need to understand that whatever lines up with God's whatever. Yes. And and your your whatever, if it's not lining up with God's whatever, then you're not getting what you asked for. And so for me to go off on a tangent praying for unrealistic things, things that are not going to benefit the kingdom, things that are going to benefit me, things that are going to make me uh, feel this gratification, and I'm not here to uh, and I'm not asking to glorify God and to exist in uh, a, uh, in a life that is glorifying God you're not going to get what you want you know I hear people all the time say you know what you know it's not in the will of God for people to be sick you know I, I don't know where they get this stuff man and then they you know they 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 they, they make promises they they're they're writing checks that they can't cash and I'm here's what it boils down to Aaron you can't presume on God. You just can't assume that, okay, I'm a child of God. I'm going to get whatever I want. Heaven is at my disposal. You know, I'm going to ask it and it's going to be there at my fingertips and, you know, God's going to give it to me. You know, we've turned God into this heavenly just genie that if we rub him the right way, man, he's going to give us exactly what we want, when we want it, how we want it, the color we want it. He's going to fix all of our problems. He's going to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this. And man, I'm going to tell you something. You can't presume on God because God will shut you down. Heaven will be brass. You will not hear from heaven. You have got to have a sense of reverence in your uh, in your heart when you come before God. And let me say it to you again in Mark 11. Your whatever better be God's whatever. Because if, it, if, if your whatever is not what God's whatever is, you're not going to get whatever you're asking for. Well, it goes back to being in line with His will. It is. Which is why it's extremely important for the believer to be consumed in the Word daily. Which is sort of why we're, you know, starting this pod. We started this podcast. We called it "Fan the Flame" because the moment you give your life to Christ, and if you haven't made that decision yet, we pray that you do. But the moment you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit um, invades your life and gives you a brand new heart. And there's this flame that's lit inside of you. And so we are from now on, the, the time being that we're on this earth, our, we want the fan, the flame to be fanned. Yeah. And so you do that with the reading of your word. And when the reading of your word comes, the reading of the word comes into practice more often, more frequently, becomes a discipline, um, your prayer life will change tremendously. And you'll notice that your prayer shifts from my will, what I want, your prayer will will kind of transform from a me-focused prayer to a God-focused prayer. Um, It's a very, very beautiful thing to witness. So we do, we want to encourage you to pray uh, this morning or today, whenever you're listening to this. We want to encourage you to pray. Maybe your prayer life is not where it should be. I can tell you this. 
dad and I both throughout our ministry and throughout our lives have had a, a prayer life that's been up and a prayer life that's been down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, last year, I, at the first of the year, uh, God has permitted us to, you know, remodel our sanctuary. And we, we say that with all humility and glory be to God because we needed, you know, seats. And, you know, I caught myself praying for chairs. I, I would, I would be on my knees begging God to fill seats, fill seats, Father, fill seats, fill seats. Boy, the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, why are you praying for a chair when you ought to be praying for souls? Uh, you know, and, and it's just like what the Bible says. If I water and you plant, it is what? God that gives the increase. And so, man, if I'm watering and somebody's planting and, and, and we're working at the same you know, for the same, uh, you know, objective here, uh, God's going to give the increase. And so, uh, I, I would, I would warn, I would caution you to please, please, please be careful who you listen to in the day we live in when it comes to prayer, because if you get caught up in, in, in asking for these, just whatever's and you've, you're hanging on to Mark 11, that whatever I ask, I'm going to receive it. Uh, you know, we're believing together that God's going to do this. You know, it better be in line with God's will because, man, I'm telling you something. God is not a genie. You don't rub him and he he performs. He is a sovereign God. Prayer is a privilege and it has been given to us. Listen, when Jesus died and in his last breath, he said, it is finished. The veil was rent from top to bottom, giving us. It's a, it's a gift of access into the presence of God. And prayer, like you said a minute ago, Aaron, is an act of worship. And so we don't worship in our church in some arrogant, you know, conceited way. We worship with open hands, outstretched, heart open. We are in the presence of, uh, of holiness, you know, and uh, that's what we need to understand. When you do pray, have that sense of hallowed be thy name. Holy is sacred you know, we're here to extol God, not, you know, uh, empty out our wish list on uh, on God. Well, you think about that, what you just said, the, the craziness. If you, if you think about us being able to pray to the God of everything from earth as earthly, earthly bodies, spiritual heavenly souls living in these earthly shells, being able to communicate to our heavenly father, to the God who created everything from earth in heaven, through the intercession of the Holy Spirit, if you wrap your mind around how crazy that is, yeah. that'll that'll blow your brains out of your ears. Yeah. Like that is crazy. In the Old Testament, they didn't have that privilege. No, I know, and I've seen a huge uh, difference in our church on Sunday mornings. We do maybe 10, 15 minute Bible lesson, uh, and then we get in the altar and pray. And I'm watching people walk around our church, touching pews, touching. The sound. We don't have pews. We have chairs. Yeah, chairs. Touching the chairs. Excuse me. Yeah. Touching. I'm still from the old school. Touching chairs. Praying over these chairs where people that are listening here are going to be sitting this Sunday. Uh, praying over the technology because we know that, that Satan is a prince of the power of the air and he wants to, you know, not uh, permit people to hear the gospel. Praying over where we stand to preach the word of God. Praying in the foyer. Uh, I, I think we've seen a huge difference in our church's attitude when it comes to church and prayer and what we actually depend on in this church. Yeah, well, there's a. I was in Los Angeles 
uh, a couple weeks ago, and we I was hanging out with some pastors in Los Angeles from all over the place. There was a guy from Tennessee. His name is Kevin Miller, um, and he's a pastor at Awaken Church in Clarksville, uh, Tennessee, which is up near Nashville. And he was sort of sharing this uh, this sort of testimony about his church with us that they now have a prayer team that while he's preaching, while one of the services is going on, they have people who are sitting in the sanctuary and the entire time they're just praying throughout the message, throughout Charles the worship. Charles Spurgeon, Aaron, when he preached, where he stood, there were men underneath him on their faces praying. And you wonder why his ministry was such a, a, a powerhouse in his day. I don't think it was because of Charles Spurgeon. I believe it was because of those men underneath his pulpit praying for the power of God to fall. And so... Yeah, that's what Kevin said. Kevin said that once they started doing that, my gosh, he said he had more liberty, he felt like, when he could when he was preaching. He felt like the Holy Spirit was just able to speak through him with clarity and with ease, and the message came, came out clear, and the worship was more impactful, and they started seeing people give their life to Christ more often. And it's like, if you don't believe in the power of prayer, and I'll testify to that as well, uh, when I had my heart attack, there was right after my heart attack, my my heart was so weak it was not pumping as hard as it should be. I was considered a heart failure patient, and for six months my heart was in a condition where we were kind of waiting to see if I was going to have to have a, a defibrillator permanently implanted inside of my chest. And I remember those six months were the were the scariest. Was a, it was probably the scariest six months of my life. It was actually honestly more scary than the heart attack. Um, and I just remember our church was praying, I was praying, our family was praying, people all over the nation were praying, all over the world really, praying um, that my heart's ejection fraction would, would would get stronger and my heart would beat stronger. And it never did. That entire six months, it never got stronger until the last week when they did the final test after months of praying, it somehow, what well, was God, just gave my heart enough strength to be exactly where it needed to be, where I didn't have to have a defibrillator. So if you don't believe in the power of prayer, just read the scripture, ask someone who has experienced God's mighty hand at work in their life, look around you, the prayer works. And so if you're not praying often, if you're not praying daily, don't feel bad about it, first and foremost. Don't feel awful about yourself, but change it. You bring up a good point. And I want to make this point to people that are listening be consistent in asking. Don't pray once and then stop. Pray through that prayer until you see God answer it, whether it be yes or no or wait. Pray through that thing. Keep praying. Keep praying. I, you know, I remember your mom telling me that, you know, when you, you, you were there, she was sitting in the room, you were sleeping. Danessa was getting some rest in a motel because she was exhausted. And she was praying that God would drop them numbers on that monitor because your heart was just in such a bad, uh, bad oh, shape. My heart was pounding. It was racing. And it was racing. And so I, I, I remember your mom saying, I prayed, I prayed for God to drop the numbers, drop the numbers, drop the numbers. Now, did, while she was sitting there, you know, did some miraculous thing, the, the machines went down to normal, everything was... No, but she could watch those numbers kind of slowly descend downward. And I think it was more uh, than God just answering her prayer. I think it was God telling your mom, hey, I've got this. 
I've got this. And, I, you know, I never heard your mom come out of that room with a false sense of hope. Thing. Oh, he's cured. He's healed. It's a miracle. You, you, you are a miracle. That's not what I'm saying. But I think God gave her a hint of the fact that, hey, Amy, I'm here. I've got your son. The numbers, listen, and 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 so you got to keep praying through that thing. You got to keep, you got to keep it at the forefront. If it's something that's weighing heavy on your heart, you got to do that. And that's you. You mentioned it. What I was going to say next. God, God has three responses to our prayers: yes, no, and wait. And I think out of all of them, the worst one to hear is wait. Wait. That's yeah. the that's the absolute worst one. So you may be yeah. in that situation right now. You're in a situation where you've been praying for something to happen or praying for God to do something. You haven't gotten a yes. You haven't gotten a no, but you're in this position of waiting, and that is terrible. But we want to encourage you all who are listening to this. Uh, if you aren't, if you're not praying as consistently as you should be, and if you haven't talked to God in a while, change that. Don't feel bad about it. It's God's not mad at you. He's not upset with you, but he wants you to come and talk to him. And so uh, go go pray today. Pray right after this podcast ends. Um, as a matter of fact, I say that we do that as the way we ending of this episode. If yeah. you want to pray and then just end us out, well, you pray and then, yeah, that'll be it. So Okay. Father, we thank you for just the privilege to pray. You have opened up this way through Jesus Christ for us to talk to you, to communicate with you. I pray for everybody that's listening right now that as they are struggling with the issue of prayer, that it would not be a struggle, that they would find themselves in a constant state of communicating with you, talking to you, pouring out their heart, but more than anything, stopping and listening to what you have to say in response. And I pray that we would have listening ears, ears to hear what you have to say to us because not only is what we're saying to you important to us, but what you have to say to us is important. And so I pray for that. I pray for those who are not having uh, an easy prayer life. They're praying over issues, situations, circumstances that are just heavy on their heart. I pray for those who struggle with even beginning to pray. I pray for those who are beating themselves up because they don't pray enough. Father, embrace them, love them. Let them understand that you just want them to come to you. So I pray for that. Bless this podcast and everybody that listens to it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you have a great day. We hope you have a great week. Hey, listen, come join us. If you're listening to this and you live in Fort Stockton or in a surrounding community, come join us this uh, Sunday uh, morning at 1045. We're continuing, Dad's continuing the series, Questions, uh, Study Through the Book of First Peter. It's been phenomenal. We don't want you to miss out on it. Um, but on that note, we will see you guys next Tuesday yes. with a new episode. Uh, we love you guys. I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. Have a great week. See you guys. Bye.